Hello, all you wonderfully strange and unusual creatures. I'm Corey. And I'm Courtney. And this is Sinister Crimes and Cocktails, a true crime show that digs into the dark depths of sinister minds, their menacing crimes, and mistakes left behind, all while sipping on a sinister cocktail masterminded by Corey for each episode. We want to first start out by saying that our sinister cocktails featured for each episode is just to help us lighten the mood a bit on the dark and horrific crimes we cover. And in no way, shape, or form, are we trying to make light of the horrific crimes. Please know our hearts go out to the victims, their families, and friends, and law enforcement affected by each of the cases we cover. Corey, what sinister cocktail have you masterminded for today's episode? I'm calling this one a candy killer. Two ounces of fruit punch, four ounces of Prosecco Rosé, and a rock candy. You're going to pour the fruit punch into your tall champagne flute, top it off with your Prosecco Rosé, and drop a rock candy in there. And as always, enjoy. It's really good. It's really it refreshing. Good. It is. It's very good. And the, the rock candy makes it sweet enough, just enough where it's not too overpowering. Yep. It's a good one for good today's stuff. episode. It is. It makes it a little hard to drink, though, with the stick going up my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Maybe get a little bigger champagne flute so that the stick doesn't go over your nose. <laughs> Poked myself in the eye a while ago. I was like, ow! <laughs> that was dumb. Thank God it's a rounded tip. Everybody's yeah. favorite. Yeah, rounded tip. Everybody likes rounded tips. No pointy ones. So, while you strange and unusual creatures, pour yourself a cocktail and settle in for the sinister tale of the dark history of a cannibalistic fairy tale. Believe us, you're gonna need it. Most fairy tales have darker realities or cautionary themes lying underneath their cheerful exteriors. Some of the most famous fairy tales are those written by the Grimm brothers, whose stories are dark and filled with murder, mayhem, premarital sex, child abuse, incest, and wicked mothers. One of their most horrific tales is that of Hansel and Gretel, a story which nightmares are made of. The fairy tale features famine, child abandonment, attempted cannibalism, enslavement, and murder. The origins of the story are equally, if not more, horrifying. Dun, 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 dun. I was waiting you know, for it. The Grimm brothers actually looking into their history and that kind of stuff. A lot of their stuff was based off of things that were actually happening in their time. Yes. Not necessarily that were pinned to one person, but things that were going on within their society at the time that they were really bringing to light to try to warn about what was going on. Because you have to understand back then, witchcraft was a real thing. And so they were very much very scared of anything that was out of the normal. It wasn't a real thing, but people were being persecuted for it. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've known people that practice witchcraft. I don't know that they have the powers of the witches or whatever, but I do know people who practice it. So I can't really say that it's not, you know, I mean, come on. Most of my family is from Louisiana where I'm just saying we believe in voodoo. I'm just saying. Okay. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you like that stuff's real. I believe in the green fairy. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Today, we know the fairy tale of Hansel and Gretel from the works of German brothers Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm. Inseparable, the brothers were scholars who had a passion for collecting German folklore. According to all that's interesting, the Grimm brothers never intended that their stories be for children per se, but rather their brothers sought to preserve Germanic folklore in a region whose culture was being overrun by France during the Napoleonic Wars. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> One article suggests that the stories were intended for adult entertainment after the children were nestled in their beds. I can see more of that. <laughs> okay, so first of all, why would you tell a scary grim story to a child you're trying to get to go to sleep? Uh, that makes no sense to me. <laughs> I'm just saying. You couldn't do that to my kids. They'd be like, well, I can't sleep. <laughs> like, I know. I don't want you in my bed tonight. I can't sleep either. I told you the story. <laughs> I just can't imagine that. Like, I, I feel like, why, why the hell would they ever... T- I don't know. The times were fucked up back then. They were. And I get it. You had a different society and you had a different time of living. But telling you know somebody about a fucking wolf that's going to come and blow your house down and eat you. I mean, I feel like that's not putting anybody to sleep. Nope. 
Between 1812 and 1857, the Grimm brothers published over 200 stories in seven different editions, which have been translated into 160 languages of what has since become known in English as Grimm's fairy tales. The early editions of these collections of dark fairy tales were without illustrations and were not added until many years later. Scary. Very scary, I'm just saying. It is. I can get why you probably would tell these stories like to grown men or soldiers or something like that, but children, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get past it. Okay, so my favorite is, of course, I Love Snow White. It's one of my favorite fairy tales. But at the same time, I hate it because I used to get so scared about the freaking evil stepmother that kept poisoning the apples. Do you know that in the Grimm's fairy tales, she was seven years old? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's not <laughs> that's not rocking me to sleep at night, Court. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm first heard the story of Hansel and Gretel from Dorchen Wild, a neighbor of the brothers and future wife of Wilhelm, who narrated many of the tales for their first edition. But this wasn't where the story originated from, as Dorchen too had heard the folklore from someone else. This story is what inspired the Grimm brothers' fairy tale Hansel and Gretel. Now in case you need a refresher of the original fairy tale, it focuses on a poor woodcutter and his wife who are suffering the brunt of a horrible famine. To save themselves from starvation, the two decided to abandon their two children in the woods. Well, that's fucked up. <laughs> no, no parenting skills there whatsoever. I'm just saying. I mean, I would offer myself up as like fucking tribute. You could go ahead and eat me. Yeah, I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm just saying humans are gross. Don't eat I know humans. You, but, well, they taste terrible. I'm just saying. They, they're so nasty. They're so gross. Don't eat humans. They are. Please don't eat humans. I mean, this lady... <laughs> Why would you leave your kids? Like, that just breaks my heart. It's so fucked up. Don't leave your kids in the woods. Like, geez, break my heart. The father wasn't keen to leave his children alone in the woods, but reluctantly submits to his wife's scheme. I feel like she had a little post-traumatic stress syndrome going on there. <laughs> just like, leave them, not post-traumatic stress, what it's called? Baby blues. Baby blues, man. She was like, leave them in the damn forest. And they eat too much and they cry too much. Yep. In the original version, the woodcutter's wife is the biological mother of the children. The two siblings, Hansel and Gretel, are left in the woods and are lured by a cannibalistic witch into her house, which is made of gingerbread, candy, confection, and other sweet treats. Okay. Well, that fucking sounds delightful. You know I'm a fat kid, Court. You know my ass would be all up in that house. <laughs> well, you know my favorite part of a meal is fucking dessert. <laughs> my, my favorite part. I'd be like, I love this house. Can I stay here forever? You can eat as much as you want. Fat me up. Let me eat the house, I please. wouldn't have a house left. <laughs> I would have eaten it all. You can eat me later. Just let me eat the house, please. <laughs> The human flesh-eating witch plans to fatten up the two siblings before cooking and eating them. We would have got along well. I'm just you're saying. Gonna, you're going to cook a fucking sibling? No, I'm just saying. We would have fattened me up and let me eat. I'd uh, be like, I like you. You're my best friend. You would have definitely have died. <laughs> I would have died because I would have been like. I feel like yes. I would have been like, mm, I don't know about this. I'm already <laughs> sketchy when people offer me food and I don't know. I'm like, I don't think so. That's why we say, Court, you don't have to be fast. Just faster than me. <laughs> That's why Court lets me indulge in all the deliciousness of food. <laughs> just like, go ahead, bitch, eat, because I just got to be faster than you. I don't know. I'm kind of slow these days with my two <laughs> fucked up feet. <laughs> <laughs> However, the two siblings outwit the witch and escape. According to allthatsinteresting.com, the original versions of the Grimm brothers Hansel and Gretel has changed over time. Perhaps the brothers were more aware that their stories were being read by children, and so by the last edition that they published, they had sanitized their stories somewhat. And by somewhat, I mean somewhat. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say they changed everything about it. <laughs> Where the mother had abandoned her biological children in the first versions, by the time the last 1857 edition was printed, she had transformed into the typical selfish stepmother, which is common in most European folk tales. Which just kills me because stepmoms, I'm sorry, but they are not horrible people. <laughs> 
Like they're look- they're great moms and 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 usually are wonderful people who step into a role that is difficult and very 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 trying at times, but at the same time very rewarding and very loving. And then I get it. You can have some stepmoms that are like, I don't want kids, I don't like you. But m- most of the stepmoms that I have known in my life, which I've known plenty, are wonderful people who love those kids as much as anybody else does. So I think this is where stepmoms became so villainous and it was just terrible. I would agree with that. Breaks my heart because I mean I've heard of biological moms killing their kids but I ain't hearing no stepmoms killing their kids. I'm just saying. That's fucking true. Well you hear stepdads. Well stepdads yeah but not stepmoms. I mean I don't I'm sure there's cases out there we haven't even found them yet but I have not heard of a it being as big deal of stepmoms killing as it has been biological moms. I would agree with that. The father's role, too, was softened by the 1857 edition as he showed more regret for his actions. Hold on, my chair slipped down again. I was going to say, I think you're getting shorter, Court. <laughs> I need a new fucking chair. I'm looking over that chair and I'm like, looking down, looking down, looking down. I mean, it's hard to give you the side eye over there when you're shorter than your computer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All the Grimm Brothers editions of the Dark Fairy Tale dealt directly with themes of abandonment and the survival of Hansel and Gretel. Every story had a forest that was a setting for danger, magic, and death. Now, of course, there have been much more watered-down versions of the fairy tale published that are more appropriate for preschool age that don't even touch on the theme of abandonment. Well, it's very fucking different than the Grimm's <laughs> fairy tales. That's <laughs> just got a whole bunch of psychological shit wrapped up in one. <laughs> People are probably like, man, we might be fucking up kids with these tales. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Post-traumatic stress for my fairy tales. <laughs> That's where we fucked up as parents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Court, how we ever lived through our childhood. I I'll know. never know. <laughs> there is some evidence that suggests that the true story of Hansel and Gretel goes back to a group of tales that originate in the Baltic regions during the medieval period of the Great Famine that occurred between 1314 to 1322. This directly connects to the famine setting in the Grimm's fairy tale. Volcanic activity in Southeast Asia and New Zealand ushered in a period of prolonged climate change that led to crop failures and massive starvation across the globe. In Europe, the situation was particularly dire since the food supply was already scarce and the prices of crops had skyrocketed. Yeah, that is a scary time. I mean, I can't imagine being in a family where you can't find food, but we did we not go through that a little bit with COVID. our COVID? It scared the living crap you out of me. People with your fucking toilet paper. I had to go borrow from Mr. Ronnie and Miss Kim. I was like, <laughs> came back from Florida and I was at Disney and had no fucking idea that <laughs> shit was shut down. I need some ass paper, please. Please, I need some ass tickets. I gotta gotta go. It was just terrible, though. But we saw how quickly things can deplete, you know? And that's what was really scary about the whole ordeal is that it was like, I can't imagine living in a time in famine where you didn't even have the luxuries we have today. You had to depend on the crops you grew to eat and the things you killed to eat. So very scary times for sure. And then you have to go write a fucking fairy tale about it and tell your kids to go to sleep at night. Listen, now you're going to starve to death. Oh, please. Yes, that's nope. so wonderful. I'm going to say right now, I would not have done well during this nope. time. <laughs> no. <laughs> not a fat kid like me, Courtney. I would have died. I would have been like, I need food. I need substance. I'm going to eat the grass. <laughs> grass. I don't know if I could have eaten bugs either. Hey, you know, I don't know. I've never been put in the, in the position of starvation, but I can tell you, I mean, I wouldn't be above it. I mean, I'm a fat kid. I told you. Like, I'm all about it. Like, <laughs> I'll be roasting and toasting me some beetles up in here. Crunching I mean, like, we can't find some fucking fruit or berries around this bitch. <laughs> like, seriously, we're down to bugs. <laughs> Court me like, give me some tree bark. I'll be fine with some tree bark. That's exactly what I would do. <laughs> uh, the best vegan eater you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> I'm fucking chair slipping again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I snorted. <laughs> I have look over at you. Just get I'm like I'm in a fairy tale and you're shrinking. After we get done with this, I'm going to our great store of Walmart that we only have in our little town and buy me another chair. Damn get it. you a chair. <laughs> get you a stool, something. <laughs> The results were devastating when the famine struck. One scholar estimated that it impacted over 400,000 square miles of Europe, 30 million people, and may have killed up to 25% of the population in certain areas. I mean, maybe they told this fairy tale to, like, scare people, you know, to not eat as much and conserve. Otherwise, you're going to get left in the woods to be eaten by some witch who likes to eat people. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure cannibalism happened during this time. When you're famine and you're trying to keep your kids alive and, you know, grandma or grandpa pass away... I mean, I'm just saying, I'm sure they cooked them. It's Sunday dinner. Somebody had some pot roast for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Pot human. Pot human. Would it still be a roast? No. Well, I mean, it would still be a a roast. roast. I mean, depending on what part you did. I mean, hell, between my ass and my hips, you could eat for three Sundays. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm just saying. So I'm definitely the first on the chopping block, no pun intended. The Great Famine disrupted the lives of the peasants and their families, so much so that several desperate people abandoned their young children to fend for themselves, while others committed infanticide. Which, if you don't know what that means, it means they killed killed the infants. I know. Oh, I just... I don't think I could do that. Man, you know, they did that back in African countries during the 90s, and that just, I remember seeing the reports on that, and that just killed me. As a young teenager, that killed me. I was just like, oh my God, what are you doing? fucking horrific i just don't I can't understand imagine it. being to that point that that's what you think you need to do i know it's it absolutely is crazy the process was hard on the elderly as well who chose to voluntarily starve to death to allow the young and their families to eat and survive oh my god i don't think i could do that i don't think i Watch could either my parents I, I, die no. from starvation no, I'd be cutting off one of my arms, being like, here, I'm roasting it, eat. <laughs> something. Like, fucking put a bullet in my head. Something. Yeah. Cut my throat. I don't know. Mm-mm. That's that's a terrible way to die, is to starve to death. There is also evidence of cannibalism during this period. William Rosen, in his book, The Third Horseman, cites an Estonian chronicle which states that in 1315, mothers were fed their children. What the actual fuck? Nope. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's so weird. An Irish chronicler wrote that the famine was so bad with people destroyed by hunger that they extracted bodies of the dead from cemeteries and dug out the flesh from the skulls and ate it. And women ate their children out of hunger. No fucking way. I'm never going to be that hungry to dig flesh out of fucking skulls. What? (laughs) Well, first of all, I can't because it's simple as this. I can't eat humans. I told you they're disgusting. I love humans. I do. But I can't eat them. (laughs) I mean, but if I'm in a famine, I mean, hell, I might cut off one of my legs to eat for a couple of weeks, you know, dry the meat out. At least you get some kind of nourishment out of me. I mean, maybe if you turn it into jerky or something, it might be more edible. <laughs> Give it a lot of salt. I don't. Mm-mm. Well, my shit's laced with fat. I'm I'm more of a wagyu type. So, <laughs> <laughs> so mine would be a little chewy. I feel like <laughs> I give my prison name. That's wagyu. Like wagyu. <laughs> Corey's changed from donut hole to wagyu. <laughs> donut hole to wagyu. <laughs> That's fucking great. If we ever get stranded on a desert island with some cannibals, court. <laughs> I'll be like, eat her. She's Wagyu. She's Wagyu. You're going to want Wagyu. She's fast. My name's Courtney. Her name is Wagyu. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. I'll help you find the firewood. (laughs) I'm not eating her, though. I'm I'm, I'm eating the tree bark. I'm eating eating the tree bark. I'm vegan. (laughs) I'm vegan. (laughs) 
<laughs> Your mom's gonna be listening to this. She'd be like, bullshit, I saw you eating on that rib the other night. <laughs> I saw you pull that rib boat out with no meat left on it. <laughs> Get yourself together. What's in this rock candy? <laughs> I don't know. I brought it back from Colorado. <laughs> I'm feeling really fine. <laughs> Sci-fi.com wrote, Hansel and Gretel reflects those very real fears. The idea that when famine comes, the people who are meant to care for you will fail you. Hansel and Gretel contended not only with their mother, but with their father's inability to protect them from the consequences of famine. So really, our true crime podcast today is really about famine. This is a crime for famine to happen and kill the people. And it takes out more people than any serial killer known to man. I would agree with that. So, But it can be a killer, absolutely. And so it's very interesting. And a lot of times it is the means in which the humans have done that causes the famine or just nature itself. You know, like in this case where the volcano started to erupt and that kind of stuff changing the climate. But absolutely, it's amazing to see the famine happen and, and how big of a killer it really can be compared to some of our serial killers or the true crime stories that we tell on this show. So very interesting twist, Court. I like it. You're welcome. <laughs> and the fairy tale of Hansel and Gretel after the children successfully kill the witch, the mother dies, suggesting a connection between the two characters. The one trying to survive by abandoning their children and the one trying to survive by eating them might be one and the same, just at different points in their desperation. Like the grim fairy tales of Hansel and Gretel, there is also a similar tale of a Romanian story, The Little Boy and Wicked Stepmother. In this tale, two children are abandoned and find their way home following a trail of ashes. But when they return home from following the trail of ashes, the stepmother kills the little boy and forces the little sister to prepare his corpse for a family meal. Oh. Nope. <laughs> what that the actual is... fuck? <clears throat> this one might be more grim than Yeah, grim, I mean, here, here I was thinking we were, <laughs> we were on the cusp of grossness. <laughs> that's just way, oh, that's so terrible. I'm sure it happens somewhere because these things don't just get, I mean, while people have sinister minds, absolutely, they have to have the ability to, something to spark it. Like me and Court just got back from a great podcast convention that we went to in Denver. Court took me up to Estes Stanley. Park where the Stanley is. And the Stanley, if our listeners don't know, is the one night stay that Stephen King stayed there inspired him to write The Shining. So for that mannerism of it, it's very interesting to see how, you know, true events can lead to stories. And I think that's what's happening here. While they don't have hard evidence published somewhere because of the times, I'm sure, and how old these stories are, there is probably some very much truth behind them. I would agree with that. Now in this story, the horrified girl does as her stepmother asked, but hid her brother's heart inside a tree. The father unknowingly eats his son while the sister refuses to take part because she's a vegan too. <laughs> she's eating tree bark like Courtney. <laughs> After the meal, the girl takes her brother's bones and puts them inside a tree with his heart. The next day, a cuckoo bird emerges singing. Cuckoo, my sister has cooked me and my father has eaten me, but I am now a cuckoo and safe from my stepmother. The terrified stepmother throws a lump of salt at the bird, but it just falls back on her head, killing her instantly. <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> How does a lump of salt kill you? But okay. I mean, caught you just right, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and so this is the dark history of Hansel and Gretel. Oh, wow. I mean, very interesting story here for sure, right? Like I said, we can very much blame famine on the killing of most of these people and, and inspiring this kind of a tale. And I am sure people during those times were so desperate that they did absolutely partake in cannibalism. 
Fuck to, yeah, they did. Trying you know to save themselves. Did. Yeah, trying to save themselves. And, you know, even to this day, you can still see a lot of poor countries where things like this still happen because they're just trying to keep themselves alive and keep their children alive by feeding them. So famine can definitely be a cold killer. It sure can. Well, as always, stay strange, strange and unusual. unusual. This is Wagyu signing out. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Corey. <laughs> ah, so fun. <laughs> Myself we'll be back next week with another cocktail and a new tale of sinister minds, reminiscing crimes, and mistakes they left behind. Thanks for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe and download us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite show. Want the recipe to try Corey's sinister cocktail from today's episode? Or have any constructive feedback or true crime stories you would like to hear us cover? Or even sinister cocktail recipes for us to try? Email us at SinisterCrimesAndCocktails at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.SinisterCrimesAndCocktailsPodcast.com, Facebook page, Sinister Crimes and Cocktails, and our Instagram page, Sinister Crimes and Cocktails. Love what you heard? And want to help support our show or donate to our Sinister Cocktail Fund? You can donate to our cash app at money sign Sinister Crimes, all one word, and we will give you a shout out on our next episode and which fund you donate to. Thank you. (laughs) 